0: Welcome to the Land Jam Podcast, a semi-friendly discussion between two blokes on watches, cars, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Tommy and Sanjeev.
1: Welcome to the Land Jam Podcast, episode 21, Daddy Yankee.
0: That's right, Sanj. Congratulations. Thank you. you. Initially,
1: I was skeptical of why you titled it Daddy Yankee, and then it took me 10 minutes to realize given how hectic my days have been as a father. That's
0: right. You, you've, you've got the manic, uh, manic habits of a young father. So that explains uh, our podcast schedule, but this is a good reason. (laughs) You you can forgive me. (laughs) I'll let
1: this go, but for kid number two, you better stick to the schedule. Oh my gosh. You're already talking about kid number two. What are you, my mother?
0: Ooh, well in many ways <laughs> that I is am. true i'm not gonna <laughs> lie <laughs> so i guess in our since our hiatus or over our hiatus there's been a couple interesting releases that we've been keeping an eye on and we've been dying to talk yeah about. i mean we may have not recorded in a while but we still talk about watches on the side right so i'm i'm gonna take things in a weird direction i'm gonna take things in a more southerly direction a more um uh, south american direction and i'm going to bring up the new release from Mida. all oh, right, right. are you been familiar with my very lim-
1: little i i know they're owned by the swatch
0: group they're they're part of the swatch brand so. yeah it's kind of a kind of a i don't want to say forgotten but it's sort of like an afterthought when people think about swatch but they're they're actually a bigger brand they've they're bigger in the latin american market than they're in the u.s relatively okay. um but, you know, things are changing. They're, they're making a lot a lot of reissues. They're going back in their back catalog. And they've come up with something pretty interesting, I think, and pretty attractive. Um, so I'm obviously talking about the Mido uh, Ocean Star. And just an FYI, you know, just, you know, I don't I don't really speak Spanish. But, you know, you can impress someone by saying Mido just means I measure in Spanish. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Learn a new word today. There you go. So... The release specifically that Mido came out with is the Ocean Star, uh, which is a line that actually turned 75 this year. And they actually brought back a model from the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Um, two color two color palettes here, a black dial and black bezel and a blue dial and bezel. Uh, they're calling it Mediterranean Blue. Uh, using a caliber 80 movement, um, which I think is a, a standard Swatch. I, I wonder
1: if it's like the Powermatic 80 that Swatch uses. It's... I, I don't know. I could be wrong.
0: But. I, I, from the notes from the Warn and Wound article, it's an ETA 2836-2. Okay. So it's a standard ETA uh, Swatch movement, which is, a, I'm sure, a very good movement. Um, being part of the Swatch family has its advantages, and access to good movements is probably one of them. Um, yeah, you know, both models, they have similar kind of layouts, you know, painted indexes, orange seconds hand, uh, both have sapphire crystal, uh, which is interesting because it's a it's a reissue, so they could have gone acrylic, but they chose to go with that as a modern touch, and um, both come in either a cloth um, strap or a beads of rice bracelet, and um, I don't know between the blue and the black, what what, what catches your eye? You I would actually
1: go out of my square comfort zone and and get the blue i i think that stands it's out with blue. the what, what do they call it i'm i thought it was like a mesh strap but it, they have a specific name a rice no the beets of rice is the steel yeah
0: the steel with yeah the, the mesh i was calling yeah, it the yeah.
1: metal mesh because it, it's oh i thought you were referring to the, the oh no cloth here no. yeah the, the steel the fabric. yeah that, that looks yeah. actually really vintage 70s era yeah
0: yeah very very 60s yeah. i i like it and i, I like that the to be honest, you know, I think I would go with the black because the day date, the window is blacked out Ooh, with white lettering, yes. which I think is cool. It doesn't break the dial. If you look at the blue, it actually has a white background for the day date. And I think that's a little bit disruptive. Uh, to I'm honest. not so sure because it, it kind of matches with the five minute indices. Or markers that's true. The, the indices on the blue models are white, while the the ones in the black one are cream. But yeah, you know, this is a very, I, I don't want to say forgotten line, I think it's a little bit of an understated line in the swatch group. Obviously, not the bells and whistles that Omega gets with every new r- ridiculous limited edition release, but um, I think it's pretty impressive. I, I'm actually quite a fan. No, of I, it. I do
1: dig it. I mean, it's what's the price, 1150?
0: Yeah, and eleven $1, fifty, and then look. Uh, once it's actually out on the market, you're gonna get that below the grand. Which I yeah, I mean, it, cool. you can probably find this. Um, I'm guessing. I'm throwing a number out there, but probably around some fifty, eight hundred bucks. Yeah, and you know what? You know, to me, in my pantheon of watches, I would I would put this along the same sort of stable as Yima. You know, the French oh, yeah. brand, the Superman, the Superman GMT. It's kind of a similar kind of off the beaten path kind of brand, but. Has some serious vintage uh, looks in the reissues. It's got a good catalog. I, I I'm I'm really interested to see what Mito comes out with next. I think, I think this is a really interesting and different offering. Uh, it's something unique. You know, you don't have to go you know, Omega or R- R- Rolex or Seiko all the time. You can you can try something exactly. else.
1: And and credit to those who go off the beaten path and and pick up a Mito.
0: So I mean those people are not us, obviously. Well, it so. could be us. I mean <laughs> hey 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 it hey, hey.
1: we might jump in at one some point.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, to be honest, ever since we covered the Yima Superman GMT, I haven't been able to get that watch out of my head. So Twenty Twenty. I don't Here know. We man. Come. Oh God. I've I i, I do not know if I need another dive watch to be honest. I'm 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 OD. You're <laughs> over diving. Uh, yeah, overdiving <laughs> <laughs> without being able to swim. So you know, but yeah, I mean, I'm gonna keep an eye on. Sweet, this one. no, I mean, good find. Uh, um,
1: however, the one I'm gonna talk about is again one of those many, many releases by one of the super brands. Um, this is the Omega Seamaster Three Diver 300, the James Bond Limited Edition. Oh boy! Yeah, I know where this is gonna go potentially, but you know what? Why not? We, we, I love Omega. You love Omega. Half the world loves Omega, yeah. so why not?
0: All right, let's All
1: dive right. into it. So, um, with the 25th James Bond film coming out, which is No Time to Die, starring Daniel Craig as Bond, he... you just
0: say, No Time to Diet, is this an overweight? Bond oh. you're talking about? I mean, it does have your favorite <laughs> Bond actor, uh, Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> not really, I mean, he, I don't even just dis- hate Craig, I, he's like number two to me. He's not, he's not like it's really that far down the list. I don't know. I feel like you always make it seem like. No, because you that. compare really him. It's just to, not my number one you compare choice. him to
1: Connery. And again, this is going to take five podcasts to get over this argument. It's never going to end.
0: No one beats Sean Connery, period. The end.
1: Yeah. Right? He would Next. get a beat down from Daniel Craig Bond in a hand-to-hand combat. All right.
0: Connery was a weightlifter and he was in the Navy. What do you Yeah, saying?
1: Again, we're talking about the character. All right, all right. Anyways, back to the watch. Back to the watch. So, anyways, No Time to Die, which is Bond, basically Bond twenty five. Um, Omega released a limited edition Bond Seamaster. Um, as you know, the Seamaster has been synonymous with the Bond franchise, especially. I think it's they started it during the Brosnan era. Correct me if I'm wrong, but
0: it, yeah, it was. It, it really yeah. took
1: off from since then, you know. So. Um, This one pairs the Seamaster off the shelf with some unique Bond-related design cues. Um, The key one is the PVD black dial, which has got as laser etched, and it's in the shape of a gun barrel. You know when they have the intro to the Bond, you know it shows Bond walking, and then you're looking staring down the barrel.
0: The gun barrel sequence, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, There's other little more subtle details, such as the twelve o'clock. Um it's got the marking of the inspired by like the Bond family coat of arms
0: mm-hmm.
1: well first of all this is a
0: limited edition honoring which movie uh, Bond 25 no 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 it's actually a limited edition I mean it is in time for Bond 25 but it's a limited edition of 50th. the On Her Majesty's Secret yeah. Service yeah the the 50th anniversary which is the the one basically the first movie after Sean Connery left as yeah. Bond right and so that coat of arms was part of the plot. I don't I mean, to be have you seen that movie, Sanj? Are to you be honest, my my bond
1: catalog is pretty low. i've I, okay. I've picked up pieces. I, it, I mean to be fair, I mean, this is gonna be embarrassing for me. but the first bond I ever saw in my life was the bond that was not actually licensed by MGM Studios. So I think it was never Say, never again, or something like that
0: which okay a lot of people hate that james bond movie i like that. i found it enjoyable it's a actually. remix i like it yeah. and i was like but that was that was years later so this is from 1968 i think never say never again was 83 maybe yeah okay so anyway part of the plot in in the 68 you know on her majesty's secret service you know george lazenby plays james bond part of the plot is the the herald of the james bond family the heraldry involved uh, the coat of arms, and that coat of arms is on the twelve o'clock um, marker. Oh, so okay. That's the reference. That's what gotcha, that's gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, that's the Bond uh, family coat of arms. Um, there's some other. Um,
1: yeah. There's some other little details. Um, for example, the 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 number seven on the calendar on the the calendar date is in the iconic Bond font. Um, oh, nice.
0: What where where did they put the that, date?
1: Believe at the six o'clock yeah um the other thing is at the 10 o'clock there's a hidden 50 within the 10 o'clock index which pays tribute to the anniversary of the film you have to look at it at night i guess it's it's in super luminova
0: oh i do see it yeah 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 yep. okay
1: and then what else do they have here um there's a little bit there's a little gold plaque which they etch the number of the watch So it's kind of like a collector's item.
0: Is it limited?
1: That's the thing. I thought there was a number, but I could not find exactly what quantities that they're looking at. Um, Okay. But, I mean, it's... Knowing
0: Omega is like too much. (laughs) Limited edition. It's literally if anyone yeah. wants it, you. Can have it. And then you
1: know, there's there's the the hands are in gold as well as the indices. Uh, they're surrounded by eighteen karat yellow gold. How much? Sixty five hundred dollars. Dear God. You know, it's not bad. Right. I mean, what do you think? Sam? Uh, okay, what so do you think?
0: Let, let's take it apart. I would not buy it. I'm not a fan of it per se. Yeah. What? What? I mean, to be honest, it just looks like like a two or three gimmicks that harken back to Bond and it's a limited edition or special edition or whatever they want to call it, right? I mean, what are we talking about? The 12 o'clock? The gun barrel to me is the key. Yeah, I think that's the key one. Yeah, to be honest, you you know, I like the Brosnan uh, Seamaster. You know, it's a great watch. I, I, I never could squeeze a trigger on it because the skeletonized hands. I just don't like that. And, frankly, until they change that design, I'm never going to buy one of these watches. (laughs) But to be fair, though,
1: I mean, you will never see other high-end manufacturers put a a, a special design. Like, you you wouldn't see, like, say, Cartier or or even Rolex do, like, a laser etching in the shape of a gun barrel like
0: Omega would do, you know? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, they they they're happy to do gimmicks. to Yeah, matches. I mean, that's, I, I give that's them the thing. I mean, at you least know. it's not another Speedmaster. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, to be honest, it's kind of tacky to think James Bond would ever wear a watch like this. The, obviously, he would never, no, right? So it's really just for the Bond fans. And then, you know, then you're getting into what's just like licensed merchandise, and that, that's kind of the territory you know. for me here. It looks cool. It's yeah. cool. I'll I'm, see I'm, it in
1: front of a glass case, and that's as far as I'll get.
0: Yeah, I, I'm done with it. I, I, This just seems like a kind of low-hanging fruit for Yeah. Omega. All right, so can we, can we it, put that it's, to
1: bed? It's already in the depths of the ocean.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to do something a little bit saucy. All right, Sanch. This is another 50th anniversary oh, watch, boy. But obviously... Okay, hang on. So obviously, it's been fifty years since the invention of the automatic chronograph, right? And there were three automatic chronographs that came out. Seiko had one of them, right? In nineteen sixty-nine, it was this caliber sixty-one. Yeah, and
1: it was like sort of like a pseudo competition. No one really knows who made the
0: first automatic chronograph. I mean, we, they all. I mean, I what is it? Zenith, it's Seiko, and then there's a Hamilton, DuPra, I think they they did yeah. something. So there, those are the three. And each of them claims to be the first, but no one owns up to who actually came out. Yeah, I mean, there was
1: a story about Seiko
0: walking up to
1: the Zenith booth, and there was some competition there. Yeah, no one really
0: knows exactly. It's Right. So, being a Seiko fanboy, I'm going to say it's Seiko. All right? And um, the original 6139, we've talked about it multiple times. You know, vertical clutch, column wheel. Um, these were things ahead of its time, like luxury chronographs years later started to take these basic design cues and building their own automatic mm-hmm. chronographs um, that also had the magic lever system, uh, which th- there's, there's a couple YouTube videos on the magic lever and the 6139 movement. Definitely recommend it. If you're into looking at the technicals, it's really, really interesting. Um, but anyway, this basically, Seiko is honoring the invention of the automatic chronograph and caliber 6139 by a basically a new model in the prospects line. Um, Prospects uh, reference number SRQ029. Um, This is basically a callback to the most, in my opinion, the most famous 6139 uh, vintage chronograph that you can get in the market today, which is the 6139 Panda. Um, the 6139-8020. That is, so yeah, I agree. That is that. probably
1: the the it, the holy grail of sixty-one
0: thirty-nines. I I love that watch. I could never find one at a good at a, in a good condition for a good price. And I, I got the JPS, the John Player special, you know, same line. I love that watch as well. But you know, I originally wanted the panda and you know, that's I've always kept an eye open for it um so this new watch the srq 029 is a reimagining of that of that panda chronograph um so it's not a reissue it's not obviously not a one-for-one one, but uh, they've done a few interesting things in updating that look for you know 2019 so first of all you know let's get this out of the way it's a prospects line it's not grand seiko right so uh even saying that though they've borrowed a few things from Grand Seiko. Like they've, they've done this alternating brush and polish, uh, which is similar to how like Zeratsu would come out looking uh, in the Grand Seiko line. It's got a very clean mirror look on the actual body of the watch. Um, very impressive. Not typically what you find in Prospects. Uh, as far as stats, it's got 100 meters water resistance. It's got dome sapphire. Um, so an update from obviously the original watches. And the interesting thing is they put the date at 4:30, and it's a circular window. It's not a square mm-hmm. window. Um, so it's a very funky little take on, you know, the classic uh, automatic chronograph um, different from the original because the original was bi This is a tri-compacts uh, chronograph, silver dial Panda uh, running seconds hand at three, which is the same color as the dial. Um, and then the other two dials at six and nine are black. So it's kind of a twist on the on the panda, but it's it has a very strong El Primero vibe to it, which I think is so the running Uh,
1: seconds. That is the one that just you know counts the seconds for timing. That's the one in the silver register on the three o'clock.
0: That's just yeah, that's just the running. And the other ones are for
1: the cornograph function.
0: Correct. That's actually pretty logical.
1: Actually, you can easily tell which ones are meant for the uh, chronograph
0: yeah absolutely i mean uh you know i'm wearing the speedmaster today and the speedmaster of running seconds is at nine and they're all black so yeah you know, yeah it's it's a little bit more functional if you mm-hmm. think about it that way uh as far as movement's concerned it's got the 8r 48 movement vertical clutch column wheels uh, you know consistent with the original um and well, let's get down to brass tacks here okay they're making a thousand pieces only and they're charging thirty seven hundred euro. Oof, what do you think? So one thing with the
1: with the with the movement with the eight R forty eight. Um just reading yeah. the article that we are looking here, the Monochrome article. Um it has a flyback function, doesn't it? Yeah. That's actually not too bad. If you think about it, when you compare these to the Swiss Swiss brands, I mean, they would probably charge a little bit, I mean a, quite a bit more for a flyback chronograph.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and, you know, I, I like the detail and the design on it because, yeah, it's a very simple kind of design. But if you look at it close, all the markers are applied, the logos applied and you, you and the dials are steeped. So you've and even the dial window is steeped as well. So you're getting really a lot of 3D when you look at it. Really oh, yeah. Close. Monochrome took some really good pictures of the watch, uh, especially from an angle. So you can actually look at the different layers you know, from the chronograph seconds hand all the way down to the dial, uh, the steep dials. I mean, it's it's a really good-looking watch. I agree. And they put a lot of thought in it. Yeah, I agree. It, I know.
1: mean, it is a little bit on the steep side, but you do, from a mechanical watch perspective, you do get quite a bit of features and function. I mean...
0: Yeah, I mean, look, 3700 for an LE is, in my opinion, very reasonable. Yeah,
1: if I were to critique the watch, to me, the one thing I would probably... Get rid of is the bracelet. I'm not a fan of the bracelet.
0: What the hell? What what, what would you? What do you want say? I don't know. I
1: just don't like the look of the
0: bracelet. I, it's just a personal thing. You just can't throw a temper tantrum, Sanj, and then not oh, offer alternatives. Yeah, I would
1: probably throw in a nice leather NATO bond strap. I mean, it's got that aviation uh, feel to it too.
0: Sure. Okay. It's yeah. just a personal right. thing. You know.
1: I mean, it's. I'm.
0: Do you like the bracelet? I don't mind it. It, I mean, I don't think it's any different from, like, a Speedmaster. It just doesn't match
1: the watch for some reason to me. It just doesn't do it for you, huh? Okay, I I dig the watch. I mean, I dig the functionality. I mean, I like a little bit of uh, symmetry. So, like, initially when I looked at the uh, 3 o'clock register, why is that silver? The other ones are black. I'm like, okay, this is throwing off the aesthetic. But when you look at it from a functional point of view, that's a running second. So, okay, you can easily tell that's not being used in the chronograph. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so the interesting thing about this, and when I when I saw this release, I, I immediately remembered this watch because I've been hunting for this watch for years and I haven't been able to find it. Twenty twenty one,
1: here is, you come. <laughs> this is it, baby. I'm lining up your watch um, purchases
0: as we speak here. Oh God, I'm I'm gonna be broke. I'm gonna be living under a bridge with really nice watches. Not so bad. It's uh, <laughs> actually not so bad. <laughs> so. Some years back, I want to say almost 10 years ago, don't quote me on this, but Seiko has the Seiko Bright's line with the Z. They still do have that, don't they? I think so. I, I'm not sure. I don't see much about it. And to be honest, I really just follow prospects. So I'm, I'm, I need to really be more knowledgeable about that. But they had a limited edition chronograph, um, reference number SDGZ013. And it's, it's the Zayco, uh, Seiko Bright's chronograph. And if you look at that model, and I'm going to include a link in the show notes, it looks exactly like this reissue of the 6139. Um, I, I think the major difference is the date window is square in the old Bright's model, and the pushers mm-hmm. are different. But it's a very strikingly similar watch. And so really the reason I brought this up is, this watch is rare, the Brights. I think they only made I don't know how many. I wanna say a thousand or maybe two thousand pieces. But if you are hankering for the new sixty one thirty nine re-release of the panda and you can't find it for a good price, look out for this Brights one. Um, if you hunt for it and you, you get lucky, you can you can score one for maybe a much better price than the thirty seven hundred euro. And you're getting one that's functionally very similar and looks very similar to the re-release um but i think it's even rarer to be honest Uh, you rarely ever see these come up but um yeah what do you think i like the pushers i mean it's not this
1: it's got this classic stopwatch style pushers do you like them better than the one on the new one the new Uh, re-release? that's they're very identical i might actually side with the brights I, i i don't know
0: yeah, I I actually like the re-release pushers better. I I think that's a little. It is. It actually does stick out quite a bit.
1: I, there's a picture of a gentleman um, showing off his brights, and like the pushers are like an inch away, basically.
0: <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, a bit it's a bit too much. much. Yeah, but I mean, you you can see even even the dial design is very yeah. similar. Yeah. You know? So it's interesting. Seiko kind of did a reissue and another reissue. Like it's a double reissue if you mm-hmm. think about it um but yeah I'm, I'm very excited for this watch I, I i think you and i have been talking about seiko 6139 and you know how they're not doing they're not making it a bigger deal in the 50th anniversary um so i'm heartened to see them do something like this um i hope they do more um because the 6139 6138 line the seiko pogue the john player special the panda the baby panda those are legendary chronograph watches you know and for Seiko to just even have just one release is already way too little I mean if they were Omega they'd have 20 iterations of each watch (laughs) so and they they gotta get their act together yeah you know this is the one that Sean Connery wore in the shower and this is the one that Sean Connery wore in bed like you know this I I hope and I anticipate that they're gonna do a lot more for that anniversary so let's wait and see I'm excited Sweet. Yeah, no, it's uh
1: it's a definitely a nice watch, but I, I thirty seven hundred that's like the most expensive prospects I've come across in a while, maybe ever.
0: Uh actually the prospect, the LX line is prospects, right? That's like eight or ten grand. Oh,
1: that's true. Okay. Jeez, I've already to uh, you.
0: Two uh, seconds. Shot that well,
1: one. you know, it's a factual podcast, so thank you for your correction. That's true.
0: <laughs> alright All right, I'm going to talk about a nice. limited
1: edition watch yet again uh, I guess we, we, yeah. we somehow zone into these limited edition watches or for some reason yeah. this one is actually only limited to 182 pieces but because I really like the aesthetic of the watch I decided to talk about it and um, for the price I think you do get a lot of bang for the watch so I'm going to be talking about the Zodiac Super sea Wolf 68 Saturation Cross Andy Mann, limited edition. So, Ooh, Andy okay. Mann is a renowned underwater marine photographer. Um, I, to be fair, and to the listeners out there, I know very little about this this photographer. Uh, I actually know. I believe yeah, he was, well. you know, he's also made a lot of uh, National Geographic uh, pictures and things like that. You know, he's famous. I just never came across him, that's all. Um, he spent his career underwater photography with of wildlife and he has a keen focus on sharks so he and zodiac teamed up and made a limited edition zodiac super sea wolf 68 Ooh, um, okay. unfortunately it's limited edition to 182 pieces but yeah the this special edition is actually very cool because the story goes that Andy Mann went to Zodiac and probably to the other brands in the Swiss watch industry prior to Zodiac. And yeah. uh, he requested to make all sorts of changes, like turn the design upside down. Uh, Zodiac listened and they worked together. And they have uh, quite a few little details um, that they did to the Super Sea Wolf 68. So the first one, which is Probably my favorite is at the 12 o'clock, the indices. It's got, instead of a square marker, it's a shark fin.
0: Ooh, okay,
1: The dial, it's, you know, typically, you know, when they change gradient, they usually do it in, like, some sort of sunburst. But if you see the watch, it's, you know, it starts to get darker from the 12 to the 6, kind of illustrating, like, a diving kind of light. Yes
0: yes 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 Uh, like
1: you're going underwater Um, the watch the zodiac super sea wolf usually comes with a date window that has been removed actually and uh, the markings on the dive bezel typically you know you have like the 15 minutes like say the 12 between 12 and 3 o'clock you know you have like an every minute marker on the bezel to do I think decompression is what they look at okay um, yeah. this one's actually between the nine and 12 o'clock. So it's like flipped. Okay. And, uh, that's also highlighted in an orange as well. Um, so it is a bit, big watch, bit of a big watch. It's 45 millimeters in the case design. So it is. And what doesn't really support it is if you look at the pictures. So the lugs are 20 millimeters. So not sure how it would wear per se. Uh, Hmm. But but um, it does come in a cool case, kind of like a pelican case. Uh, okay. I've, I I the link of the zodiac, the actual zodiac website uh, for this watch, and it comes in like a, metal... a thousand millimeters. Water, yeah, a thousand, yeah, thousand meters? thousand meters. Thousand wow. meters. That's the impressive okay. bit. This is a serious dive watch. And okay, very yeah, impressive. and and yeah. the price is two thousand two hundred ninety five dollars
0: okay that's not too bad at all i mean for for limited edition professional dive watch thousand meters swiss that's pretty impressive i I think that's a great deal because when you look at the other swiss brands or even
1: seiko for example i don't know if you can find something that can go a thousand meters
0: and cost two two thousand dollars maybe i'm wrong no I, i i think that's entirely reasonable that's uh Wow, I'm I'm actually really surprised. Most of what the price. yeah, <laughs> I thought it'd be like no, five it's grand. not. It's like two thousand two hundred ninety-five dollars. I'm like, damn. And, and in the Hodinki write-up, the pictures that they they have in here, I mean, it looks very blue in the beginning and in, in in the first picture they took, and then as you go on, the darker it is, light light-wise in the room, the more it carries almost like black. Yeah. Um, which I think is really cool, and especially because of that fading and of the of the dial, it's. Uh, I don't I don't recollect seeing anyone else do something no like no. That. Typically,
1: you know, they don't do anything like that on the dial. They'll kind of do like a sunburst pattern or something else
0: or checkered pattern. But right, right, right. All right, Sanj, this is this is interesting. This I I am intrigued by this watch. Uh, so how many? People uh, 182. Are there any...
1: Unfortunately. Ooh. All right, so chances are it's, this is already gone. It's done. toast. But Zodiac has, I've noticed they made a couple of these limited editions if you check out the website of 182 pieces. So we I'm quite curious what they will do with the next Zodiac Super
0: Sea Wolf. Uh, okay. So keep your eyes open. Zodiac is is a brand that I've been following more. And yeah. Now. It's um, like I think they have a lot of interesting designs that I'd never paid like, attention to. I for played years. Some, like
1: you mentioned like Yima and Mido. I place them in that category of like, it's a you know it's a known brand at some point in its history. Like and and to the watch enthusiasts, people know what Zodiac is. But I mean, yeah. they what I like about these guys is like they take daring designs. You know that the established players don't do. Like if you remember the Zodiac, I think it was the GMT.
0: Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: or like the other die watches. There was one that was yellow. We covered it. I just can't remember the actual model. You know, little details like that. Okay. It's,
0: it's. You got to give them credit. I think the Zodiac GMT over the summer was their smashing yes. hit, and that watch, I uh, you know, it, it's long gone. They've all been sold, so you have to get them. The aerospace is what I'm talking about. Oh um, right, but, yes, yes. The one is know, that
1: the one in the golf racing colors.
0: Yeah. Golf Racing. Yeah. And it even the even the black gray was That's really true. cool. Um, but the golf racing is the one to get. Oh, God. I mean Zodiac really, i where I never paid attention before, after the Aerospace GMT, I'm paying attention. That is an awesome. And, and credit watch. to Fossil, who was
1: the parent of Zodiac, you know, for giving them the liberty to do designs like this, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting them to buy the brand and basically smash <laughs> it. <you know? laughs> take A sledgehammer and start knocking down walls. No, nice but they're this, they're, uh, they're, I, they're I smashing wrong. it and they're hitting the, it out of the park with these cool designs. So they're letting them do their thing. I, I really, I really yeah. think it's cool. All right, well, good watch, Sanch. I'm, I'm thank impressed. you. And you're going to be talking about a watch that is not a mechanical, yeah. So ever since Roy, our, our friend of the podcast, Roy, was on, um, and talking about his G Shock, I've been intrigued by G Shock and. I had a G-Shock growing up. You had a G-Shock growing up. Um, and obviously, once we discovered mechanical watches, we've kind of turned our back on We have become that. snobs. But, I mean, let's just be real. Let's be real. But the G-Shock has its own kind of diehard following. And they've, they've got their own collecting community. And what went from, you know, a cheap $50 watch to beat up, now people are spending some serious money and in getting into it. And uh, this is almost like a meta twist on the whole story. Uh, The G-Shock, specifically the model I'm talking about, is the GMW-B5000TB. So, you know, when you think of G-Shock, you're thinking of the classic G-Shock 5000 series, which is that square, you know, uh, G-Shock with the resin body, the rubber strap. Um, So what Casio did is he took that basic design. They took everything from the resin body, the rubber strap, you know, the basic steel case, and they put it all in titanium. Case. Bracelet bezel, Ooh, all of it. That's gonna be something. So, um, you're you're touching, you know, the bracelet, expecting to hit, you know, plastic or rubber or resin on the body, and you're getting nothing. You're getting pure titanium, and it looks very much like a regular G Shock. So, it's a very stealthy G Shock. Looks like a regular one, but considering the titanium materials, I I assume it's gonna be pricey. Uh, I don't think we have pricing just yet. Um, we're still waiting on that, but. I I can't imagine it be very inexpensive, considering the titanium and titanium is one expensive in itself, and then to work with titanium and you know shape it is is an expensive thing to do. So this is very meta. Um, What what do you think about this? This is this is this is potentially controversial, but
1: uh, (laughs) titanium it's got its advantages. It's a very lightweight and it's got good strength to weight properties. Yeah. And I can see this like I can see this on the wrist of like some special forces. But
0: but, but why buy this? I don't know. Because it's titanium. I mean I don't know. Who who said that? It it costs a lot of money to look this cheap. It's like <laughs> why? <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's like you're you're going stealth, but you you're going out of your way to take something that people think is cheap as it is. And it's a good watch, don't get me wrong. The G Shock's a great line, but you know, why do you need a titanium version that looks like resin and rubber? It doesn't make why any sense. Why not? <laughs> it, I guess it's it's a statement on consumer culture and people's if materialism. If people want to be I decadent, guess. let them be. If they want, yeah, but be decadent, and look decadent. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be decadent. And
1: look It's poor. like the time you know when the Apple Watch came out and they had the gold, which was like ten grand. Yeah, no one bought them except for rich oligarchs and.
0: Right. But but that's making a statement of saying I can I can afford the richer version or the more expensive version of, a, of you know, the iWatch. This is I it looks like I have a fifty dollar watch on, but I might might have spent hundreds if not thousands. Probably thousands. thousands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I you may or may not know this, but on the let's just say the outside dial, outside where it has all like the where the buttons and the naming of the buttons are.
0: Uh, um, the yep. Porsche, Sorry, this it says something Bluetooth. And
1: do you know what that is for?
0: I am not sure. Actually, I don't know if there's additional functionality. Um, yeah, oh, I see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: you can pair it to your smartphone, and you can use it to adjust additional settings of the
0: watch. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, that's an up. That's an update from the original. Yeah. Okay. That that. Yeah, that justifies two. <laughs> Bluetooth pairing. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm. I have no idea what the pricing is. If the pricing is reasonable given the titanium, you know, that's not. That's not. Uh, you know, that's not the end of the world. But I think it's really interesting that someone would go to this length to simulate, you know, a regular G Shock with these expensive materials. That's just uh, it, mind mind blowing to me.
1: You know what? It's It's to those who
0: just say, why not? Yeah. You know what? And you know what? There's a community for everything. And some people are into G-Shocks and they're, they're, they're lunatics about it. You know, all the more power to you. Yeah.
1: All right. Now this is towards the Grand Seiko community. Oh Oh boy. So I don't know. This is a watch. I'm on the fence here. So the watch I'm going to talk about is the Grand Seiko. S-B-G-A-405. It's the Godzilla 65th anniversary, limited edition. Nice. Um, okay. So this is based on a watch that came out earlier in Baselworld, the S-B-G-A-403. But it is to recognize the 65th anniversary of Godzilla and his silver screen debut. So Grand Seiko made subtle but pretty unique uh I design features and so the key one is the is the dial. Um, it's this like deep red slash burgundy somber style. And if you see yeah. the pictures on on Hidinki here, it, it really captures the light really well. It's got these streaks of yeah. of, of lines uh, coming out from the center of the watch. And the motif behind that is is to show Godzilla's like uh, when he spits out flames, um, okay. It's to capture that. Um, the other one is the back of the watch, where there's this s- sapphire case back, which has this black metalized illustration of Godzilla stomping in the down, central Tokyo. It's a specific building called the Wako's building. It's oh, just a okay. Seiko landmark, actually. Um, and that was the centerpiece of the original 1954 film. Oh, okay. So those are the two key features. Um, it's running the spring drive movement and it is the 9R15 spring drive movement and it is regulated to plus or minus 10 seconds per month wow so you know spring drive captures the best of you know uh, mechanical and digital or electrical technology and puts it into one for highly accurate timekeeping um when maybe
0: we've talked about spring drive quite a bit yeah. already. So, um, and there's a great video on YouTube if you want to learn about how it actually works. It's, it's an amazing technology.
1: So, I mean, those are two key features. Apart from that, I mean, it's it's based on the SBGA four zero three. So, here's the thing: it's limited to six hundred fifty pieces, and it's twelve thousand five hundred dollars. Oof. Okay. Um, I think the case though is titanium as well okay so i mean if that is twelve thousand five hundred dollars and it's titanium, imagine what that casio is going to be
0: oh god yeah with 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 the bracelet and everything um Okay, I you know off the bat, I think it's very attractive. I love that red dial. Um, to me, it actually looks like blood. I don't know. It gives it gives a very uh, it's a deep red, a, a very visceral deep yeah. red. Yeah, and I, I like the way that they paired it with the cracked. Uh, they actually paired it with the black leather bracelet, but it's cracked with it's cracked with red. Uh, in the it's bracelet. apparently a uh, shark sorry in the strap leather strap.
1: Oh, is it okay? So not only that, you 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 you're wearing a dead shark. I mean, instead of a dead cow, but
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 really think it works, and I think the strap really pairs well with the it does, actual dial. Yeah. So it works really well. Um, uh, as far as the case back window, sure, why not? Godzilla stomping Japan or Tokyo makes sense. To me. <laughs> yeah, why? Not? <laughs> why not? Again, this is a one
1: for like again the sake Grand Seiko slash Seiko fans
0: and the yeah. Godzilla fans. Yeah, so. Um, you know uh, i i really like it i i think it's something unique um obviously you know twelve thousand five hundred. it's nothing to sneeze but at, it is but... the grand
1: seiko and the movement is is next level you're getting the finishing of the very best that let's say grand seiko offers you know
0: uh, right right and you're getting the best movement that seiko yeah. has really the best movement i would argue in the world but that's just me but uh yeah, no i I think it's cool. It's coming out actually this yep. month in
1: November, and it's probably sold okay, out. It's cool. only
0: six hundred fifty pieces, so yeah. And uh, you know, the, the interesting. I mean, we laugh, but Godzilla is such a big part of culture. It truly culture. is. It's, it's been there for sixty five years. That you know, basically, it's a symbol of post war Japan. So it's a big deal. You know, it's a big deal in Japan. I, you know, I I think it's a very cool watch. So hear me out. So it's unique. What
1: would you pair, Now that we're talking about Japanese themed. Uh, watches? Would you take this Grand Seiko Godzilla Special or the Omega
0: Speedmaster Ultraman? You know, to be honest, I I'm not a big Ultraman guy. Ooh, okay, I'm I'm not a huge Ultraman guy. I've got the Moonwatch. I've got the Omega Speedmaster Professional, which is also the Moonwatch. I don't. <laughs> right, and I don't I don't have any desire. For gotcha. The I mean the. the the direction I would want to go to in the Speedmaster line, I like the Mark II, the Mark 4.5. Oh, right. Yes, yes. With the different cushion yeah. case. And or um, just... Yes, the updated 70 Speedmasters, I think those are very good looking. I'm, I've always checked the prices, always keep an eye on them. And, uh, yeah, that's the direction I would go in. And, you know, the, the limited edition Speedmasters, if... if there's a couple, but, you know, there's some that have the panda look. I, I like that. Not necessarily this the Speedy Tuesday Mark 1, because that's just, it's commanding a crazy price. But, you know, a forgotten, you know, Speedmaster out there with a panda is kind of what I'm yeah. holding out for. So that's the two directions I'm going to. I'm not a big Ultraman guy. So if you ask me, I'd, I'd take okay. the answer. No, okay, that's fair. I would go for the
1: Ultraman. uh, Only because I just love the pairing of the Ultraman features and uh, the regular Speedmaster.
0: Ultraman means nothing to me. Did you watch that show? Are you familiar? When I was a very young kid. Uh, Okay. So, okay. It has some significance Yeah, it
1: Yeah. Actually, I've seen more of Ultraman than probably Godzilla. Uh,
0: Which blows my mind.
1: um, (laughs) The funny thing is, I think the (laughs) first big Godzilla film I've seen in my life was the 97 Roland Emmerich special.
0: Oh my <laughs> god. That that movie was a that movie was a monster. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with
1: it.
0: It was a monster in the wrong
1: direction.
0: It it was terrible. I, yeah, I you sh- I mean, I actually haven't seen the new Shin Godzilla with Ken Watanabe in it um, and Brian Cranston. I've if seen I remember right. pieces. It's not bad, actually. Not bad. Yeah, I, I kind of want to check that out. Uh, I think growing up, I've I've seen a lot of the old Godzilla movies. I, w- I was a fan, so um, I get the mystique. But yeah, that role numeric movie. Good lord. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry again. Jeez. It's one of those films yeah. that you just stumble across. And st-
0: I was 12 at the time. Come on. Well, he's doing the new Midway adaptation for the screen, uh, Emmerich. It's coming out this month, next month. I don't know, man. That that does it. That looks like a lot of CGI. It's it's he consulted Michael Bay. Yeah, I mean Jonas Brothers as uh, as one Jonas brother who's a is a Wildcat pilot or is a dive bomber pilot. This is this is controversial. Well, I mean, to I be fair though, you know, out. wasn't one of the
1: characters from. Uh, Dunker, uh, One Direction singer.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair, but he was good. I, I don't know about this guy. Give uh, him hope. I'll, we'll we'll compare yeah. notes right after.
1: <laughs> if I even bother seeing it.
0: Yeah, you probably won't. I I probably will because I'm into that stuff. Um, speaking of aviation, speaking of aviation, uh, we've got a really interesting watch, and it's not very often where you and i can actually talk about a watch from india so this is this is different yes and i think
1: we stumbled upon this i think it was you that stumbled upon it and on
0: instagram right i mean no actually actually one of our twitter followers and I, i don't want to name him specifically for privacy purposes but he actually messaged us with this and he is a retired indian air force fighter pilot and he he you know obviously sticks around with with the fighter pilot community back back in india and somebody reached out to him with this watch and he reached out to me because he knew i was into aviation and watches and um basically cut cut the whole you know story short uh this is the bangalore watch company mach one line um specifically based out of bangalore in india um you know, kind of a background in, in India and, and watchmaking, you know, Indian watchmaking actually has a long history. There used to be a company called HMT, which was set up right after independence to build watches for India. And they were shut down a few years ago, uh, much like, you know, cars built in India with the original designs. Like these watches were not very advanced and people just didn't want to buy them. So the, that watch went on, that watch company went out of business. But when it did, um, There's a husband and wife duo that was living overseas. Uh, uh, they launched a micro brand, Bangalore Watch Company. They went back to Bangalore and they set up shop. And basically they've been focusing on regular three handers, dress style watches, uh, basically watches to equip, uh, you know, people going to the office. And they have started a new collection, which actually got the attention uh, of one wand. And this is how kind of I stumbled on it. Um, and they call it the Mach 1 collection. Basically, they're uh, Flieger watches, uh, Type A and Type B, similar to the classic Fliegers. Uh, both of them have a Solita SW220 movement in them, and they're charging about 680 for it. So it's a little bit high for a three-hand watch with the Salita movement. But still, I, you know, it's got some interesting features. You know, the Type A is a simple 12-hour bezel. Uh, type B has the military minutes on the outside, 13 to 24 on the inside, you know, full military time. Uh, red tip, seconds hand. Um, and the interesting things are the, are the kind of um, callbacks to the heritage. So the dial has the Indian Air Force fin flash on it. Uh, and the, when you turn the watches over, you've got uh, a case back that has an engraving of the MiG-21 uh, Type 77, which is really, I think, the first supersonic uh, fighter jet that India ever operated and that's yeah, from... I believe
1: so. And I think the article actually stumbles upon that 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 actual fact that it was, it was the first. Yeah.
0: And I, I think they were adopted in 63 and it was out of service in 2013. And the case back actually has that history on it. But you know, I gotta say, for for a simple three hand watch, it's very attractive. It has got a classic Flieger look to it. Um, they don't overdo it. It it reminds me a lot of the lot of the things that Braymont does
1: yeah Um, you're right yeah
0: editions you know because they'll they'll you know braymond will throw a squadron logo on or or national flag on and this is kind of what bangalore watch did and you know i i really like it i think the execution is done really well i i think it's subtle it doesn't hit you over the head and the fin flash you know which you know for people who don't know is basically the 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 logo at the at the back fin of a fighter jet is the fin flash um it's green, white and saffron and it's the just the little dash of color on the watch that makes it really attractive. And it comes in both steel and P V D and I think the P V D is the is the version to go for. The P V D type uh, type B Flieger is oh, a yeah, really attractive one.
1: You really like hit on the nail. Like I was about to say that if you weren't that like you said, the execution is done really well. I, I this is a really attractive watch, I must say. I mean Micro brand, $680 for a micro brand is not bad at all. I mean, it's, would it's you take crazy. this or let's just say an IEWC pilot watch, simple three-hander?
0: I mean, look, it's, it's still a lot cheaper, right? It's still, but, but, but at the end of the day, it's a Selita movement and it's in a micro brand. I mean, I would expect the price to be around 300 to 400 to be honest. So 680 to me is a little bit pricey. It is, but uh, it comes in a cool case. And you know what? I really dig that Type B in PVD. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. In steel, eh, you know, not so much. But in PVD, I think it looks really cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know what? And and if it's, I I have to see the watch in person to really um, justify the 680. But if it's really executed well, even like when holding it, why not? You know, I credit to the Bangalore Watch Company. They, they, they did a solid job on this one.
0: Yeah, I, I, I really like it. And um, it's interesting that it's it's from India and this is, you know, this is not exactly the center watch, of the watchmaking world today, but uh, you're seeing a really well executed micro brand from that direction. I think it's really oh, yeah. cool. Really cool. Um, the interesting thing, I don't know, I you, you know, international watch companies, IWC, so they go by IWC. Do you think the the name of the company is a little bit long winded to put on the dial? That's, that's my only complaint. I don't know. What do you think? Bangalore watch company? It's a bit. It's not bad. I it's mean, a the lot way of text.
1: It, it's a lot of text, but the way they put it is actually
0: very subtle. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, and to be honest, you know, this whole watch for me is that fin flash. I think that fin flash looks awesome. And it's just a little bit dash of color that you need. You're
1: feeling a little patriotic yeah. the <laughs> uh,
0: you know it's our homeland uh, you know but uh, yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's very cool. yeah, yeah. no
1: awesome fine no it's, it's a I think it's a great watch it's a great looking watch per se
0: i'll I'll have to keep an eye open in the secondary market
1: yes I, and 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 this is well unfortunately I mean they're not a mass manufacturer per se, but you know it's going to be hard to find this in the secondary watch market.
0: well, you never know.
1: One can hope. One can hope.
0: (laughs) All right, Zain, you're just
1: like Star Wars. One can hope.
0: Oh God, don't mention Star Wars. Uh, A new hope. uh, uh, The rebellion's built on hope. It's dead and gone, my friend. Star Wars is dead and gone. (laughs) All right, a little theater for another for another podcast (laughs) for another podcast. All right, so I think we should transition to watch a buy. Yep. All right, Sanchi, I think you got two for us to talk about. So I'm
1: going to talk about two watches on one on opposite ends of the price spectrum. But Ooh. but hear me out, hear me out before you beat me down with the second one. <laughs> Let's start off with the first one. And then it is uh, a, an aviation watch. Okay. So I went on watchrecon.com, you know, as in preparation for this podcast. And I came across uh, someone selling a LACO Type A.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Very similar to the Bangalore watch company.
1: Exactly. And and LACO is a storied German brand that actually did make watches for the uh, German uh, Air Force. Uh, the Luftwaffe. In, yeah, the Luftwaffe. So, and, and it was based on the specifications given by the Luftwaffe to make an aviation Flieger watch. So it's a proper Flieger watch. It's a Type A. Um, so the gentleman, who looks like he hasn't sold it, is selling his for $228. Oh, okay. And the condition of the watch is actually in really good condition. If you and the one thing I could tell like how much this person has worn it is through the strap. It's gently used per se. It's it doesn't look like it's heavily used. Um and and it, it's a nice looking watch. It's a simple three-hander. Um with a probably really good um you know, SuperLuminova properties, you know. It probably really glows well in the dark because again, this I think is... laco
0: has a pretty good reputation for uh, luminescence. Yeah,
1: for luminescence, and and the crown is actually pretty cool. It's got that classic flieger looking crown on the three o'clock. So it's not a
0: full blown onion, but yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's some there is like a like the blue and onion from Outback Steakhouse,
0: but no, this <laughs> is not one of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I like it. Two twenty eight can't go wrong. Good, no, and good, and they and they're. If you're buying something new,
1: like a brand new Laco watch, there around four fifty.
0: Yeah, yeah. So not all a right. bad. Yeah, Sanjeev, I'm impressed. Good job. E, all right, now to be disappointed.
1: Oh uh, God, what do you got? All right, the next one is, is it's to you it's controversial, but it's a Lange and Son Datagraph. Oh yeah. So you know, to some people out there, actually quite a few people, maybe even me personally, if I made it big in this world financially, this is like my statement watch. Like I would go out there and buy a datagraph. Yeah. Um, So this gentleman is selling a platinum datagraph and it's selling it for $44,700. Wow. It's a lot. I know, but you're looking at like a 50% discount.
0: What what is, what is it actually retail for, Sanj? Do you know? Like, are probably like
1: 75, 80. I mean, this is a platinum case. Jesus. Okay. But, I mean, this is a, a data graph. This is, you know, if you see the finishing on this watch, it's it's spectacular.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, you have to see the back of the watch. I mean, that's it's it's got so much depth. It's one of those, like, um, it's made out of German silver as well, some of the material um, and, and pieces. It's it's an incredible watch for for extremely high end. Okay, so you're you're being a little quiet out there. I I, I,
0: know. I don't know what to say. I mean, uh, I guess it's a good Great deal. Deal? It's a good deal. I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a. It's got a flyback as well. I mean, this is. I mean, if you're looking at the the best of the best of mechanical watchmaking. You got to put
0: Lange Son up there. Yeah, Sanj, but uh, look, I was a lot more impressed with the Leiko pick. I'm not going to lie to you. I know. I know. <laughs> I honestly
1: part of me wanted to put this up just to have this debate with you. That's, <laughs> that's
0: That's the other reason. You you just know how to push my button, Sanj. You push my button there, all right?
1: So, yeah, you know, it has details there. Um apparently I don't know the I I I don't wanna like rip on the the gentleman selling this watch and everything, but if you're selling this forty four thousand thousand seven hundred dollars, you wanna put more than one picture. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah. And and the line face to face available in Asia. I mean, like, okay. I mean, and by flying to Asia to see this watch, I mean I I I, I don't wanna rip on the gentleman. Um full comes with a full complete box and papers. If this is a legit deal, I think it's a great deal, and uh, to whoever gets it, I um, hope he or she truly enjoys this watch. Let me tell you,
0: if you fly to Asia for this watch, you're probably going to come back with missing a few organs, right? So I I don't trust this listing at all. Thank you. No thank you. (laughs) I knew where this was going. (laughs) (laughs) This This isn't for me. Maybe
1: maybe it's either forty four thousand seven hundred dollars or your
0: pancreas, you know. You yes. get a watch. Actually that's not a, bad deal. not
1: a bad deal. Do I
0: even need that? I don't know. <laughs> All right, Sanch. This is uh, I think this is a good spot for us to continue on to streaming gold. Yeah. Yeah. let's do it. All right. And for today's streaming gold, uh, I've got something really delicious. And uh, Sand, do you follow Teddy Balthazar on No, YouTube? I was hoping
1: when you meant delicious, I was hoping for like a food documentary, but <laughs> go
0: on. You're going to find this very delicious. Um, so Teddy Balthazar is a watch. Uh, he's got a watch channel on YouTube, like, you know, everybody and their mother. And but the interesting thing is, you know, he, he puts out really good content. I have to give him credit. He he seems to know what he's talking about. And he scored an interview with the founder and I guess the CEO of the movement watch company, MVMT. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he really grilled this guy and put some really like tough and awkward face to face questions, you know, like. You know, alleging that, you know, these are just Alibaba watches, that they're just like going on Alibaba and just having some Chinese guys send them parts and or assemble these random quartz watches and they're just selling it. Uh, you know, there were allegations of a use of a consultant that they were not actually designing anything in house. They were just outsourcing the design Um you know, or, you know, basically the allegation was Teddy was saying, hey, are you guys looking through just like Chinese factory catalogs and picking out models and selling them, you know, calling them movement watches and, you know, credit to the movement guy. He, he did a good job of defending himself and his business. Um, but, yeah, it's a great interview. It goes for like 40 minutes. Uh, it's it's a commitment, but I, I guarantee you it's a very worthwhile interview. Uh, use of your time, uh, it's very awkward and very delicious. <laughs> cool. All right. All right. So uh, definitely check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but, you know, I as you can tell, I'm not a big movement watch company fan. I think... Um, You're not but, a big Alange Sun Datograph fan either. Uh, basically for the same reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, but jokes apart, I, I find movement, you know, basically, you know, what they're doing is using cheap Chinese quartz movements, you know, just cheap finishing, and they're charging a premium for it. And it's not a lot different from what Daniel Wellington does. So, you know, I'm not a fan of those guys either. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just sick of hearing about movement and how they're, you know, disrupting the watch industry. I think I've, I've had enough of these guys. So I'm glad to see them taking, be taken down a peg or two. And uh, I want to thank Teddy for doing it. <laughs> All right. So
1: this is basically you... Wanting everyone to see this documentary or, or interview, let's just say, of MVMT uh, getting a heavy sack beating.
0: It, it's it's a roast, and,
1: and yeah. I do enjoy it. You
0: know? Yeah, so It's worth it. All right.
1: So you have that. And what I'm going to cover is actually not even a streaming gold. It's actually a, a reminder to the listeners out there to go watch Ford versus Ferrari coming out November 15th. And it highlights the battle between Ford and Ferrari at Le Mans, and it specifically highlights the '66 Le Mans, uh, the 1966 Le Mans race, which uh, Ford actually overcame and and won outright. So When's it
0: coming out, Cinch?
1: November 15th. November okay. 15th. Uh, so, great I'm excited. Same. to yeah, Figure out
0: when, when, and how I can get out of the house and, and, and catch this. I'm, I'm predicting you're going to catch this on DVD about six months later. That's my prediction. What's
1: amazing is that you mentioned DVD. I mean, this is streaming gold, so we should be watching this. Oh,
0: you got me. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, you got me. <laughs> yeah, I should, I should be watching this on the Roku channel or something. <laughs> That's right. All right, good point, good point. Well, I, I think we can move on to closing notes. All right. All right. <clears throat> my closing notes is actually about... Um, a Netflix show, uh, so but it's not a streaming gold. Uh, the show is The Spy. It has uh, Sasha Baron Cohen in it, and he plays um, a real Israeli spy, Eli Cohen, who was a spy in I guess the the nineteen sixties. And he really was a successful spy. He infiltrated the Syrian government. He became deputy defense minister uh, before he was caught, and he provided basically the key intelligence that helped. Um, Israel win the 1967 war the six day war decisively um, it's a fantastic story Sacha Baron Cohen is fantastic in The Spy I would highly recommend it it's a great show, it's eight, like 8 or 10 episodes you could do it on a weekend but the interesting thing is uh, Eli Cohen uh, not to give spoilers but uh, you know he came to an untimely end and um, he was uh, at the time wearing an Eternomatic Centenaire, 61 uh, okay which was a watch that he said he he actually purchased in Europe during his, um, you know, uh, espionage days. Oh, cool. uh, The New York Times actually wrote an article uh, last year and he actually came up um, in that, you know, not to give a lot of spoilers, but like I mentioned, uh, Eli was uh, found out and he was, you know, betrayed basically. And he, he ended up uh, getting executed in Syria and, his body was never returned to Israel, but the Mossad in a secret operation last year recovered his wristwatch. Oh, okay. And the New York Times did a whole write-up on Eli Cohen, his story, why he was important, and the recovery of the wristwatch and what it means. So I think it's a really cool wristwatch tie-in to history, to to a Netflix show that you can watch and sort of get into the story. Um, so yeah. Check cool. it out. Oh, no, I'll
1: definitely check it out.
0: Now. It's called The Spy. It's on Netflix, and I'll put the New York Times article in the show notes as well. Okay, cool, awesome. <laughs> nice. So
1: the one I'm gonna be talking about is uh, an article about how a killer was caught with uh, through details of the victim's Rolex watch. Wow, so- okay. So I don't want to give the whole article away, but basically in 1996, a man's body was found in in, in the net of a Brixham trawler. And again, this is all in the UK, six miles of Tegmouth. And basically, they found nothing on the body to indicate who this guy really was. The only clue was a 25-year-old Rolex Oyster watch. Wow. Okay. And uh, with, with that watch and its meticulous service history, they were able to track and find the killer. That's insane. Yeah, and uh, they caught him, jailed for life. And, and, and the killer was a shady uh, pseudo-businessman who's, who's, who's been evading the authorities for a while. So, um, a cool little article, you know, saying how a Rolex can save a person or, or catch a thief, or not a thief, a killer.
0: I mean, the one thing the Swiss are known for is meticulous record-keeping, so there you go. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, if you it just to
1: touch a little bit on that, I mean, when when you find these old um, Swiss watches, you know, if, especially the high ends, they they always go back. Like say when Christie's, when they when they try an auction of a unique, say Patek Philippe, they will always reference back to the original manufacturer, and and again with meticulous record keeping, they will always uh make sure and ensure the authenticity of the watch. So kudos to these. Swiss brands for keeping
0: with to close details. Nice. All right. Well, I think, and the last one we want to talk about was um, I think I mentioned that uh, this is automotive. So I figure you should go into more detail than me, but. I mean, you actually have an
1: Impreza, but uh, <laughs> super Impreza, but it's basically the Subaru EJ series of engines, so the flat four um, after 30 years, the EJ 20, well, the EJ series of engines is coming to a rest um, and it's being phased out and a new line Mm. of engines will be coming in. But again, the EJ series was known in its two-liter and and two-and-a-half-liter engines in the WRX. Yeah, these power the legendary rally cars, right? The WRX. Exactly. And, you know, there's a huge obviously fan following for these engines, Uh, especially in the tuner market. You know, they can crank up the boost, the horsepower, and the make these really track weapons per se. So
0: all right. Oh, yeah. There's a good write up on Jalopnik. I'll put it on the show. Yeah. Again, you know, I'm not
1: specifically no I do not know the details of the EJ series. So I'm actually even though I'm in the automotive industry, I'll probably be, be a guy not referencing this
0: too well. So all right. Well read the article then. <laughs> 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 all right well i think that's all we had for today uh thanks again for joining us for another episode of the land jam podcast yeah no thank you very much for listening and 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 to listeners out there
1: thank you all for uh for listening to our episodes we have crossed about i guess over a
0: thousand listeners, so yeah well well above and uh thanks for a, a lot of feedback we've gotten a lot of good positive feedback which uh which is great we really appreciate that i